You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The greatest gifts you can give your children are the roots of responsibility and the wings of independence. And this is from Denise Waitley. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia and today's theme is Raising Independent Kids. And I'm Katie Chu. Express Yourself is produced by Star Stop Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be part of our mission to increase literacy and pos- positive message media. Remember, Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources in everything that's going on in today's world. Please donate today at bethestarur.org, and you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no fees. So in this first segment of Express Yourself Today, I'm going to be addressing our topic of raising independent kids from a variety of different angles to give you a fuller perspective of what it really means to bring up independent children and what it means to be an independent child. Uh, Also, I'm going to be talking over some cultural differences between uh, methods of child rearing and bringing up your kids and what they mean to the personality of the eventual children who will grow up and become their own people. Um, And so I'm going to start off with maybe sort of uh, a general definition of the word independent in this specific context. Of course, words have all sorts of different meanings in different contexts and uh, different situations. And in this specific show and with this specific theme, um, I've kind of defined the word or the phrase independent children as Children who pursue their own goals and find their own activities take initiative uh, in their upbringing. Maybe they're not completely reliant on their parents to, uh, especially in the high school stage, find them activities uh, to do outside of school. Uh, Maybe they're doing their homework on their own. Maybe they're going out of their comfort zone without parental prodding or uh, guardian prodding. And so that sort of child, uh, I would say, is the most generally independent uh, across maybe all cultures, across any any household, any family, and any social class even. And 
There is a contrast because, between, of course, raising independent children and uh, simple parent negligence. We do have to be careful um, with the term raising independent children um, because bringing up your children as independent still means really being involved in their lives um, just in a way that will push them to sort of find their own path and uh, step out of, again, their comfort zone on their own um, without, you know, being overly obtrusive in their lives. Uh, whereas parent negligence is simply not really being there for your children at all and completely distancing yourself from their lives. So, of course, there is a difference and we do need to take that into consideration when we're talking about raising independent children. And so, what what does it mean to bring up assertive, you know, initiative-taking children? Um, you know, I'm not a parent. I am 17 years old, still a high school senior, um, but I've definitely learned a lot from my own parents, uh, whom I think did a very good job of raising my sister and I as more independent children or more independent individuals in general. Uh, I think my parents... Really, throughout my our lives, uh, they've been guiding figures, and they haven't been overly obtrusive, overly um, forceful in choosing our directions for us or anything like that. And so, for me, observing them is seeing people bring up assertive initiative taking children and I've learned a good deal from their parenting methods and uh, of course there's there's always pros and cons to every single parenting method out there but I think generally my parents did a pretty good job and uh, I definitely am grateful to them for my own upbringing and my character today. And so what I saw in their parenting method was a sort of you know, letting, letting your kid be free. So they let my sister and I find our own interests and determine what we really wanted to do with our time. Uh, they gave us access to materials that would help us succeed. So, for example, uh, last year when I was pursuing political internships, different political internships in the area, opportunities to really go out there and support the causes that interested me, they provided me with an all-around sort of subway card in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's known as the Clipper card, and basically allows you to freely use public transportation to get where you need to go. And so they gave me one of these. They outfitted me with my own Clipper card so that I could really, uh, you know, take public transportation on my own and sort of determine my own schedules and find activities that were now within my reach uh, with the possession of the Clipper card. And so... In that way, they really pushed me to be more independent, uh, allowed me the freedom of determining my own activities, and they were—they weren't—they weren't detached from my experience. They were very much with me. They were very much supportive of the activities I was involving myself in, and yet they were—they weren't so forceful in my life as to completely direct my path. And I, I have some friends, some acquaintances who do have more forceful uh, impacts um, from their guardians in their lives. Uh, sometimes a parent who maybe has taken a more intense approach to parenting uh, will end up determining his or her uh, child's high school career and 
even real life career sometimes, which I personally tend to believe that uh, independently or raising your kids independently as independent people uh, is maybe a, a better method of raising your kids, or at least uh, it prepares your children better for the future when they will need to go out on their own. Um, but of course, there are many, many different perspectives to raising your children, and none of them can be completely uh, categorized as the correct one. And we're all just trying to do our best in the way of raising our children. But again, for me personally, I do believe in this you know, this method of raising your children to be very assertive individuals, or at least self-assertive, you know, uh, confident in their own paths, knowing what they're going to do, uh, able to plan out their lives, or at least, you know, their, their immediate futures, uh, so to say. And so that brings, you know, that brings the conversation to uh, less of the parenting aspect and more of uh, the perspective of the kids. Uh, and we have a question here uh, that's really prevalent to our theme today. Uh, it's the question, does independence really suit some kids more than it does others? And for me personally, I think definitely, I think some kids are just, um, they might have more independent elements within their character um, that pushes them to take initiative. And some kids, you know, they, they prefer to maybe take a step back and look at their surroundings before charging forth. Um, and maybe they do need a little more guidance uh, when determining their own life structures. But I want to turn the conversation to you, Katie. Uh, do, you, do you think that independence suits some kids more than others? Do you think that uh, independence is cultivated or do you think it's more of an innate character? I think personally it's kind of both. You know, you mentioned how different parenting methods definitely create this quality of independence, right? And for me personally, I was I was born or a bit with a personality very different from my little brothers and he's right now 11 and I'm 17. And I've kind of always been t more toward the independent side since I was young, so my parents didn't really take any assertive actions to try to make me more independent than I already was, whereas my brother was definitely more toward the dependent side. <laughs> so then since he's been eight or nine, we've been you know, sending him for a week in the summer and the week in the winter to his friend's house in L um, Los Angeles alone. And he spends a week there alone. And you know, even though he's staying at a friend's house, there are definitely some aspects of independence that comes with that kind of you know, trim, having to make sure you get everything done in the morning, make sure mm -hmm. he takes out his contact lenses at night, <laughs> you know, Absolutely, yeah. stuff. but like, since he's been doing it um, from a couple years ago, I've definitely seen him become way more independent. I don't, I know if I'm, my parents are leaving early in the morning and I leave early in the morning, he'd be just fine. And mm -hmm. I think definitely you're right that for different kids, independence comes in different ways. They may have to work more toward it, maybe less toward it. And parents play such a huge role in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I did want to ask you right um, before we run out of time, you did mention that different cultures have different methods. I was wondering if you could shed just a little light on that right before we go. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, parenting in different cultures uh, varies for sure. And uh, just to give a quick background, because we are a little short on time, I have a few countries, a few example countries from different uh, cultures, so to speak, Western and Eastern, uh, that provide an interesting contrast. For example, in France, there's a hands-off approach to parenting that seems like it really fosters independence, and yet uh, there's an emphasis on respect in a child and uh, discipline. And so French parents often, you know, de- expect this sense of respect from their children. Um, and they expect their children to be very self-disciplined. Uh, whereas Chinese parents actually tend towards what is seen in the U.S. as helicopter parenting. Uh, they have an extreme involvement in all aspects of their children's lives, or at least a big portion of it. Um, but a lot of Chinese kids do end up traveling out of the country and uh, going international for their college experience. So there is a very interesting um kind of disparity between the two cultures for sure definitely well thank you Bridget so much for your thoughts on raising independent kids listeners be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program for more info on how to do this go to www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog I'm Katie Chu And I'm Brigitte Gia. Be the Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer Cynthia Bryan has actually just authored a brand new book. Uh, It's called Growing with the Goddess Gardener, and it's now available at CynthiaBryan.com slash online store. And 25% of the proceeds actually benefit Be the Star You Are and Express Yourself. So make sure you go and pick up a copy today. Watch our fun and informative videos at YouTube.com slash Be the Star You Are and keep listening to our refreshing discussion on raising independent kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Katie Chu, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Today, we're continuing an invigorating conversation about raising independent kids. 
And I'm Brigitte Gia. Joining us today is our star guest, Dr. Donald Moses, a, psychi- uh, a psychiatrist who specializes in the treatment of adolescents and young adults. Selected as one of the leading physicians of the world in the field of psychiatry, he has a very clear understanding of the importance of raising children to develop particular skills that will help them become functional adults and lead efficient lives. Dr. Moses has co-authored a new book with Wending Moss titled Raising Independent, Self-Confident Kids, Nine Essential Skills to Teach Your Child. Uh, And he's also written Teen and the Tween Book, A Growing Up Guide for the Changing You. He has written several other books, including Are You Driving Your Children to Drink? Coping with Teenage Alcohol and Drug Abuse. And with that, let's go ahead and welcome Donald onto the show. Hi, Donald. Hello there, ladies. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here today. Um, and you know, what a great theme to really discuss and get to the bottom of, uh, since Katie and I are also both teens and we have you, an expert, on today. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just going to jump right into a few questions about, you know, your experience in your new book. Uh, so Raising Independent, Self-Confident Kids um, is this new book that you've authored about really bringing up those assertive children uh, who can, you know, define their own lives. Uh, Can you tell us maybe what motivation you and your co-author, Dr. Wendy Moss, had for writing this book? Wendy Moss and I have both observed that many uh, older adolescents, young adults in their early 20s, and even up to the mid to late 20s, uh, prefer to remain in a dependent state, often living at home with their parents. Whatever money they earn, they spend on their toys, whether it be uh, uh, te- technique, technical toys or cars or any of the things that give them pleasure, but never once really accepting the role of a young adult and being independent to earning their own living and going out on their own. So we thought that we would inform parents starting with infancy and all the way through adolescence, uh, what is the best way to raise a healthy, uh, independent, and self-confident individual. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you that a lot of people in their early ages, as you mentioned, early 20s, do remain in the dependent state, even though it may not be intentional. And even teens like me or Brigitte, we we are called independent and you know, we may think we are independent, but I honestly think maybe financially or in certain senses, we aren't really independent yet, and we haven't quite learned it maybe 100%, and hopefully we'll realize that and be able to kind of start becoming independent as we go into college or maybe later. But, you know... But I think you have to know, if you don't mind a little psychobabble, there is a situation called the dependency-independency conflict, which takes place at two, when the little child says, or can run away from mommy, but the minute he doesn't see mommy, he gets scared out of his wits. Again, in early teens, when you can go out and say to your parents, I'm out playing, don't bother me, but come home and not find them home, and you're going to have a state of anxiety. Uh, And uh, at... Uh, at the age of around 18, taking off for college or, or beginning a job, and again in the early 20s. This is a normal conflict, and it's not something to worry about. Uh, mm-hmm. Dependency is a comfortable state. Independency is not always comfortable, but it does uh, give one the freedom and the gratification of taking care of oneself. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And oh, I, I think that that definitely rings true with my own experience and thinking back on it. And, um, you know, I, I do I do like to go out and go to San Francisco. I live in the Bay Area and, uh, you know, find internships and and go and have some coffee and then, you know, go to a museum and speak to people on the floor. But then if I get home and my parents are out to dinner, I do I do have a bit of a bit of a bout of anxiety. Oh, no. You know, where have they gone? They are still very much a part of my life. And so I think definitely, uh, Donald, what you said just now about that odd that odd uh, disparity between these two coexisting elements. Uh, I think at my age, I'm definitely seeing them as a as a senior who's about to go off to college. And so, uh, you know, um, Donald, I, I wanted to ask, um, you've spoken with many adolescents right, uh, as a psychiatrist, and you've been able to you know, get to better understand them uh, as clients, as people. Uh, so how do you recommend that teenagers uh, teach their parents or speak to them about who they are and maybe the best way to reach out to them? Well, unfortunately, long before you were born, uh, your parents have already decided what they wanted you to be. Uh, there's, an old joke, there's an old joke about uh, a woman re- uh, wheeling her twins in a stroller and uh, meets a friend, and the friend says, oh, I see you have fr- uh, twins. And the mother says, oh, yes, the one on the right is going to be a doctor, and the one on the left is going to be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> and that, that is a very unfortunate joke, because mm-hmm. it's all too true. So yeah. when you reach your teens, you have your own ideas, and you have to really approach your parents in a very logical, young adult polite manner. Why do I say polite? Because I'm sure you've experienced if you have an argument or a discussion with your parents and you say something is impolite, what they do is they change the whole thrust of the argument to whether or not you should be polite and they're totally missing your point. It's far more important to make your point than it is to argue about whether or not it's okay to say what you said. Uh, The other thing that's important here is to uh, talk to them logically and expect them to talk to you logically and ask them not to say to you, uh, don't do it because I said so, or do it because I said so. Uh, I won't learn from that. Explain to me why I should do something. I might not agree at first, but if you give me a good logical reason, I will probably change my mind. Uh, And also tell them, teach them, let me solve my own problems. If I feel I can handle a problem, don't jump in to rescue me. Don't be my lawyer if I have a problem in school (laughs) that I feel I can handle. Let me deal with it so I can learn as an adult to deal with difficult situations. It's funny. I was just thinking, I don't think I've actually ever directly asked my parents to, you know, let me be more independent, maybe in different terms and a lot more vaguely, I might have said, oh, give me my freedom. But I don't think I've ever asked them specifically, oh, it would be, you know, great if you could just kind of let me be independent so that I can grow to kind of be more independent as I become older. And I haven't really heard many other teens trying these approaches, talking to their parents about it. But, you know, I'm sure you've worked with different forms of independence, you know, whether that's financially decision-making or emotionally. 
Which form of independence have you found? You've got to differentiate between depending and being dependent. When you're dependent, Mm -hmm. there's anxiety if the person isn't there. When you depend, like if you're driving and you depend on a gas station to be open and there's another one right around the corner that is open, you get a little annoyed and say, oh, Don, I wish I could get the gas here. But you just drive around the corner and get the gas in the other place. That's not true when you're dependent. Your dependency always leads to an anxiety. So it's very Mm -hmm. important to gain that independence at a young age. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, I, I... have friends um i have acquaintances who you know do experience a very real bout of anxiety when they're when their parents are gone out of the house traveling and i do think that especially for kids our age katie and my age who are leaving for for college or plan to plan to you know fly the coop (laughs) and leave the nest uh i think that would definitely be very debilitating um kids your age are not kids Kids your age, young, <laughs> young adults. Sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, but, we're, uh, we're getting on in It's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's odd too about that is. Um, I, yeah, sometimes I refer to myself as a kid and I, I think, wait, you know, no, my 18th birthday is coming. I'll, I'll be able to vote soon. And when I, when my mom says, should I shop for you in the kids section? I, I absolutely adamantly refuse. So there is, I feel like in myself, there's, there's a weird um, sort of both a desire to remain a child and a desire to, again, you know, jump out there and get into the real world. But I do, Donald, actually have a question about money specifically. And um, because, you know, money is so tied to dependency in that parent-child relationship, I I want to know, you know, what is the best way that a parent can help a teen um, be, you know, financially independent, uh, so to speak? I think it's important that a teen learns that money doesn't grow on trees. So I believe that a set amount should be given uh, either weekly or monthly, which I always called a salary. Uh, If my kids (laughs) did well in school, uh, then they got their salary uh, for going to school and participating in the uh, extracurricular activities. If they didn't, they got fired, but they always did. But if they got fired, they'd have no money, and then they wouldn't be able to do what they want to do. And also, summer jobs, which is very, very important, because you get a sense of gratification from earning your own money, uh, and also, you get the freedom of spending the money the way you choose. Uh, Your parents can't tell you to spend your money uh, the way they want you to if you earn it yourself. Absolutely. And that's a very real self-reliance. Uh, well, thank you so much, Donald, for this amazing segment. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for this particular segment, but we will be coming back after the break with our wonderful guest, Dr. Donald Moses. Uh, so make sure you stick around. Check out Dr. Moses's work in the psychiatric field uh, at facebook.com slash APA books and learn more at twitter.com slash APA underscore books as well. And you can also find out additional information about uh, Donald's new book, Raising Independent, Self-Confident Kids, Nine Essential Skills to Teach Your Child. And you can find, again, more information at apa.org slash pubs slash books. Visit our radio site at Express Yourself Teen Radio for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. It's not too late to make a tax-deductible donation for last year. Please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org. 
Stay right here as we continue our discussion with Dr. Moses on raising independent kids. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we are continuing a lively discussion on our theme, Raising Independent Kids. And I'm Katie Chu. Here with us again is our guest for today, Dr. Donald Moses, a renowned psychiatrist with many years of experience in treating patients with psychoanalytic and psychodynamic psychotherapy. Before we continue our enlightening conversation with him, here's some more information about his new book, which he has co-authored with Dr. Wendy Moss, Raising Independent, Self-Confident Kids, Nine Essential Skills to Teach Your Child. Parenting comes with many challenges, of course, one of which is knowing when to let their children struggle in order to grow and when to intervene. Dr. Donald Moses and Dr. Wendy Moss address this challenge in their book, Raising Independent, Self-Confident Kids, Nine Essential Skills to Teach Your Child or Teen. They share key ingredients for raising children to be confident and capable adults, demonstrating that developing independence is really a process rather than a specific milestone. With their direct experiences in the field, they have been able to refine specific strategies and techniques that work to foster more independence. And they show how important it is for parents to let their child face struggles and frustrations, the importance of balance between a parent's advice and experience and their child's growth. In their new book, readers discover when to step in, when to guide their children, ways to teach and build, ways to recognize opportunities and more. So with that, let's welcome Dr. Donald Moses right back into the conversation. Hi, Donald. Hi, hi there, ladies. <laughs> so, you know, in the last segment, we were just starting to kind of get into really the teenage years and the problems they have with their parents. And I was just wondering, what what is your opinion about teens using drugs and perhaps later on their relationship with their parents with regards to drugs? I think that using drugs at any age, especially in the teens, is a very bad idea. 
and usually brought about by some problem underlying uh, the drug use. The use of drugs, surprisingly, is not in itself the problem. It is a problem that has created another problem. The problem is why does somebody use a drug? In my experience, there's an emotional reason why people self-medicate with drugs. And this whole opiate epidemic, everybody's talking now about uh, you know, getting rid of the oxys, having the pharmaceutical companies cut back. Well, in my experience, uh, a young man who was being detoxified uh, from oxys uh, and suddenly had the detoxification cut off, even though it was very successful, uh, went back to heroin. And this is what they do. They'll go from the oxys to heroin, and if they can't get heroin uh, or the oxys, they'll go to Valium or Clonopin or some other anti-anxiety drug. Uh, because nobody is really addressing why they are using the opiates. But that in and of itself is an hour radio program as to the causes of drug abuse. I wrote a book on it. I've written several articles on it. And uh, so way back in 1976, uh, and uh, it's, the use of a drug is really quite uh, specific. But it's much too complicated to discuss uh, in this limited time. Mm-hmm. Is it? I um, yeah, definitely. I think I think the the entire cause is misconstrued. Huh? They're they're really not looking at the root cause of the problem. Is this? I I'm I'm taking AP Psychology right now in high school, and I'm uh, it, it's a very it's a great class, and I really like it. Um, and I've you know, of course, it's still a very uh, surface level understanding of um, of psychology and the way humans work. Um, but I want to know is uh, Donald, is is the use of drugs, is teen reliance on drugs, uh, does it have to do with anything like operant conditioning? Because I know that is is a source of, you know... Um, it's a is, combination. It's a combination of several things. Usually mm-hmm. it's dealing with severe anxiety or severe mm-hmm. depression. And then where, uh, the uh, society is really pushing drugs. Uh, the doctors say, oh, you have anxiety? Take Valium, take Clonopin, take something. Uh, mm-hmm. Take uh, an antidepressant. Oh, you're feeling down? Take an antidepressant. So, yes, there is a, a social uh, problem uh, because people don't seem to want to deal with the discomforts of life. Life mm-hmm. has its discomforts, always has had its discomforts, and always will have its discomforts. Uh, what I say to my young patients who are uncomfortable and ask me to prescribe a drug, I said, you know, they didn't have drugs on Iwo Jima or the landings on Normandy. They had a face yeah. those anxieties by themselves without mm-hmm. the use of drugs. And I think that we have to get used to the idea of facing painful feelings uh, by dealing with them within, by being strong enough to handle them without running to the drugs, Uh, whether they're doctor-prescribed or whether they're bought on the streets. To me, it's all the same thing. Yes, and people... People are really focusing on, you know, uh, pushing the problems away. And yeah, I have I have a lot of classmates who maybe they've they've started, you know, delving into uh, using substances to kind of get over the stress or forget about the stress. But I think you're you're very very correct there. Is that we we sometimes have to handle life's 
anxieties and life's issues and we can't just um, use substances to cover them up or push them out of our minds uh, temporarily because then we end up de- developing that dependence on, on these drugs. Um, just, and so, just, think of, mm-hmm. just think if you use drugs to deal with the anxiety you felt uh, when you uh, were waiting for your college acceptances. Oh, that every time a letter came in the mail uh, with an acceptance or a rejection, don't tell me before you opened the envelope you weren't anxious and fearful about what you were going to find. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Did you imagine yes. using a drug every time you got that letter in the mail? Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we're talking about, but on a much grander scale. Drugs are a symptom that have become a problem, but primarily they're a symptom of an underlying problem. You know, something that was kind of new to me this year was that I had, you know, friends who I didn't know were using drugs, but, you know, kind of later revealed that they did use drugs. And when they would ask me back, oh, do you use anything? I would say no. And they'd say, oh, that's really good. That's really good. And I realized... You know, a lot of these teens, they know that drugs aren't good for them and it's probably something that they shouldn't be doing, yet they end up doing drugs. And I was wondering, what's your kind of idea? Why might they be doing it even while knowing that it's not good for them? Because the underlying pain is greater than the fear of the bad, whatever the drugs are doing that are bad, will be bad for them. Uh, they do it to alleviate pain, just like somebody with physical pain may uh, use morphine, uh, prescribed morphine, to feel better, even though they know that there could be a risk of addiction. So it's, it's really a matter of, yes, I know they're bad for me, but I, do, I really don't like to deal with this pain I'm feeling. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and I think um, maybe that's uh, because humans are not great uh, with dealing with the long-term consequences. Uh, it's maybe we're we're too focused on that short-term gratification, that short-term uh, pushing away of those feelings and that anxiety, uh, and then we, you know, we cast off or we we justify that. <laughs> that addiction as, as a later problem or something to do with after this initial thing has been uh, gone through. But, uh, Donald, I actually wanted to ask more about uh, the relation between your your work with drugs and drugs and opioids and dealing with those issues and about your psychoanalytic and psychodynamic uh, therapy. And so uh, how have you been able to use, uh, you know, uh, psychodynamic therapy as a way of uh, as a sort of alternative, maybe, to um, teens using drugs? Like, uh, has therapy been sort of an alternate treatment um, than the one advocated for by the no, people who espouse the war on drugs right now? No, it's a co-joined treatment. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. really do psychotherapy and psychodynamic therapy on somebody who is stoned. So <laughs> you have to... Uh, really use a combination of a program Mm -hmm. where they stay or get drug-free and then start dealing with the underlying feelings that have caused them to go on to drugs in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I I had one young man who came in and fell asleep because he was always stoned on pot. But the thing that was really uh, surprising was I ran into his parents many years later uh, in the street and they said, Boy, you did wonders with him. He's always quoting you. <laughs> he thought he was asleep. He went on to become quite successful. 
in another area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes. Uh, but you must have the drug, be drug-free most of the time, not all of the time, but most mm-hmm. of the time in order to have the therapy work. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, you make a great point there. You can't really treat someone if they're not listening to you. But, um, yeah, def- you um, shed some light on some really important ideas there that you're, what you do is something even further than just getting these um, teens or these people away from drugs. You're also kind of teaching them a way to end up not dependent on drugs, right? Right, and, deal. Mm-hmm. Deal with pain and, and to get rid of a lot of the pain because a lot of the pain is the anxiety that they feel because, remember, if we call it drug dependence, we understand that they are looking for something to be dependent on. They can't mm-hmm. count on people. They turn to drugs. So if you use the word drug dependence and not drug abuse or drug addiction, it makes it uh, much closer to the cause of, mm-hmm. of the uh, overuse of the medication. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think, um, you know, I, I feel like this all sort of ties back to the central message of your book is that we need to promote independence in young people so that they won't be dependent. Yeah, and when when their family isn't there, they're not going to turn to something else to be dependent on. They're going to become themselves in their full right and uh, find their own person. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Moses, for this amazing conversation, Donald. Um, this has been great, and I've learned so much. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. Audience, during the break, be sure to check out our 501 C3 literacy and positive media charity at be the star you are.org. more information is under events at our website at btsya.org i'm brigitte gia and i'm katie chu go to www.facebook.com slash apa books and twitter.com slash apa underscore books to learn more about dr moses and raising independent self-confident kids nine essential skills to teach your child you can also find more information at www.apa.org slash pub slash books. Be sure to visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we'll be continuing our amazing conversation on raising independent kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. 
Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Katie Chu, and our program is Express Yourself. Today's hour is all about raising independent kids. And I'm Brigitte Gia. In this last segment, Katie will be bringing us another segment of her Aim to Shoot centered around our theme. Take it away, Katie. You know, as we were just talking about with our guest and, you know, in our first segment, too, we were discussing how independence or parents play such a huge role in our independence. And, you know, with independence comes along the question of career. For some families and for some teens, definitely parents play a huge role in career selection as they're trying to decide what college to go to, what major to do. Their parents may be telling them, oh, you should do medical-related courses. You should go toward biology so that they can become a doctor. Or maybe Mm -hmm. they're telling their children to do business so that they can do something related in business or lawyers. (laughs) Brigitte and I know very well right now. Mm -hmm. Parents definitely try to play a huge role in career selection. And they should be playing uh, somewhat of a role in this process, especially since... Most teens are confused with which direction to go to. Even after three, three and a half years of high school, so many of my friends and teens in general still don't know which direction they want to go to, which subject is their favorite subject or what kind of major they want to explore. And that's why a lot of kids try to go in undecided. But that also has, you know, the pros and cons that come with that choice. So parents do try to t- take a greater role than maybe they should be in their children's often career development and career decision-making process. And while some teens may believe that we are being completely independent from their wishes and that we are acting on their own, as you know, our guest kind of mm-hmm. described earlier, parents still do unconsciously have that effect on us. Mm-hmm. So research does indicate that when students feel supported and loved by their parents, they have more confidence in their own ability to research careers and to choose a career that would be interesting and exciting, meaning that while there is the idea that parents should back off, it it doesn't mean that they should be negligent in this process. They should definitely be there, be active, be with their children in making these decisions, but they shouldn't be making the decisions for them. And this idea is super important because studies have shown that adolescents who feel confident, who feel competent regarding career decision-making regarding this process tend to actually make more satisfying career choices later in life, demonstrating that this idea of independence, this it's really a habit. This habit of independence follows you throughout your entire career and not just during this decision-making process, this major choosing process, but even later on. Now, parents also influence the level of education or training that their children achieve, the knowledge they have about work and occupations and the beliefs and attitudes they have when they're working. And most of this is really learned unconsciously. Parents have a huge influence on these kind of habits, these, um, this knowledge, these attitudes that these their children have, but these are learned unconsciously. So parents may not exactly be pushing in a direction. Children may not, try, and their children may not be trying to absorb it in a certain way, but they do influence it. Mm-hmm. And in this way, 
you know, we or other teens may be may have a tendency to go towards certain careers or towards certain choices in their careers and parents should be more should be aware that they do influence in so many ways all these kind of different aspects in the process mm-hmm. based on research it's also shown that parents do influence their children with regards to their career choices through their expectations, the examples they set, the values they show, and the opportunities they offer. Especially with opportunities, it kind of varies in the areas we live or the family situation. And parents may be able to give so many opportunities from their connections or maybe not as many opportunities to their children. But what's really important is that they encourage their children to find these opportunities because for example you Brigitte I know you've tried to find opportunities to explore that your interest in politics and (laughs) like that is really big especially if you're kind of going in a direction that you didn't expect yourself to be going in. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you know what's interesting, um, sorry to interject here, uh, but you know, I, I wanted to comment on uh, your statement about parents influencing, you know, unconsciously what decision their child will make in terms of careers uh, in the future. And from personal experience, my, my mom actually as a kid, she would, or when I was a kid, she would read uh, history books to me and she would read all of these global encyclopedias. She'd sit me down and read stories and we'd go over archaeology, you know, dinosaurs, fossils, ancient Greeks and Romans, all of this stuff. And she'd always bring me to museums. She'd bring me to art exhibits uh, and she'd immerse me in the culture. And, you know, as I got older, there was this emphasis from both my parents on my going into a scientific field because there's this weird element in my family where my dad, um, contrary to all of this cultural knowledge I've, I've been getting, he's he's a computer engineer. And so I have those two opposite elements, those two opposite forces. Um, and, you know, again, when I got older, there was a focus on math and STEM careers. But, you know, at the end, ultimately, I decided to choose a more, you know, humanities-oriented path and uh, going into political science. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about history as a double major or a minor and Mm -hmm. involving myself in the arts. And so there's this weird, you know, there's this truth that definitely rings uh, to your statement. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You know, you just kind of showed it all just now. They maybe maybe it was conscious by your mother, but, <laughs> or maybe it was unconscious. But that definitely had an effect on you later on. And you know, I for a while I too was super influenced by my parents. Every career or profession they'd suggest, I would kind of be like, "Oh, that would that would be a great job. Maybe I maybe I am that kind of person. Maybe I should go toward that area." But I don't think that was so much as them pressuring me, but it's more of me not knowing my choices about, you know, not having enough knowledge about work and different occupations. And it's kind of one of the reasons why I chose as my segment aimed to shoot about careers so that I could find out more about careers before I go to college. You know, I could hopefully at least get through a good number of careers, find out more, explore yeah. for myself and for our listeners out there just to see that 
what's available out there for me and to know that whatever my parents suggest, while it might be in my best interest, isn't necessarily the only option out there. Mm -hmm. And with kind of choosing a career, it's definitely stressful for (laughs) teens like us, but we kind of don't realize that it's also extremely stressful for, for the parents as well as what they see is an extremely important decision that could impact our entire future. And it may dif- differ based on where we live and the, so- the social conditions around us. But I feel like, especially recently, people have been thinking, oh, we can take our time. We don't have to um, make our decisions earlier. We can go in undecided into college or we can change our careers. But parents have this idea that Right now, this decision could impact our entire future, and for them, we're still children, so it's yeah. definitely very stressful for them, too. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there are still many ways that parents can help their children's career development without getting over-involved, and that includes encouraging them to get their children to get as much education as possible, helping them find their innate interests and prep skills developing their knowledge of works and professions, teaching them decision-making skills, having them value gender equity and cultural diversity, and really being aware of career resources, of career education and training opportunities around them. And of course, observing the effects of work experience. (laughs) Especially with this last one, maybe perhaps parent-child days were more common um, before, but I've barely been in my father's office and I don't really know people who work with their parents that much. So we don't get that much of the work experience until maybe we're seniors and we try out a summer job. But the idea of work experience and working as in a profession really doesn't hit us too early on. And that's something that parents can definitely help with without influencing their children's decisions too much. Yeah, and you know, just off of that topic, really quick, I um, I I'm kind of regretful because my dad has always been uh, pretty enthusiastic to show me around his workplace, and I I personally I I went a couple times, but I never I never felt like. I, you know, I should be encroaching upon his work time. So I always felt kind of uncomfortable accepting because maybe I was distracting him from working or something of the sort is what I thought. Um, But I think maybe I should have taken more opportunities to go into his office which is a really nice office by the way <laughs> it's, it's got some great aesthetics you know is it's it's beautiful it's in this giant tower um but I think you know there was this element of my not wanting to disturb him but then I definitely maybe should have gone out there and really experienced what his job was like um well you know thank you so much Katie for such an enlightening discussion and this was brilliant uh of course your your segments of aim to shoot are always so well researched and there's always so much information in there Um, they're great uh with that it is time to say farewell uh we give our thanks to star style productions Cynthia Bryan be the star you are and our voice America kids crew especially our engineer A-Rod. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. 
You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be independent, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between